in spite of what Jimmy Parm believes, it does mean something when I take my watch off. Watch out now, Tim. I have to be careful because people will take me on in a heartbeat. How many of you ate too much for Christmas? I see a few hands. The rest of you probably did too. Uh, I did, I must confess. Uh, I don't know why my wife does so many special things around Christmas time and other friends brought stuff in and it was just a great time. But you know, Christmas is over. Now what? Years ago, we used to make what we call New Year's resolutions. Anybody still make those? I'm looking for, I see two hands, three hands, anybody else? What's happened, folks? We don't make New Year's resolutions anymore. Come on, Louisiana, you don't make any? <laughs> Let me say to you that I think that as we approach Wednesday, and by the way, no services this Wednesday. Wednesday starts a new year, doesn't it? And 2020 will be a great year for us if we do certain things. Or we can just carry over from this year into next year, and it will be a lot like 2000. 19. You know, the New Year's resolutions that we used to make, we kept them for a while, but then we forgot about them and things kind of fell by the wayside, didn't they? And we stopped doing them. But I want to say to you this morning, there's some things that we need to do. My grandfather used to have a saying that was very appropriate, I think, for this time of the year. We need to clean up around our own back doorsteps first before we tell others how to clean theirs. And I think that's very true. We need to do that. Maybe we need to look in some areas of our lives today and take stock. Very simple things. The first area I want to mention to you is Bible study. How many of you study your Bible on a regular basis? I'm glad. We all need to do so. In 2 Timothy 2.15, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God. Notice now, a workman. We've got to work at studying the Bible. We can't just very quickly breeze through and think we get it all. But we need to read it carefully and prayerfully. We need to go to commentaries. We can go online today. We can Google and get information, can't we? It may not be right, but we can Google it. And then we need to carefully, prayerfully allow the Holy Spirit to teach us the truth that's there. Do you prayerfully study the Bible? Do you prayerfully and carefully study the Word? Do you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart as you look at the Word of God? In 
1 John 1 through, starting with the fifth verse, the Bible said, Then this is the message we have heard of men and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. We don't tell the truth and do not the truth. But we walk, if we walk in the light as he in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. However, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. This morning, Dr. Jeremiah, and by the way, I get three sermons before I come in here. I hear Dr. Stanley every Sunday morning. I hear Dr. Jeremiah every Sunday morning. I hear my Sunday school teacher preach his sermon every Sunday morning. And then I come into God's house and I hear Mike. Four sermons on Sunday morning. Wow, that's a lot of sermons, isn't it? What am I saying? I'm saying that you and I as God's people, we have all kind of opportunities today to study the Word, to have it taught to us, to have it preached to us. Now, the second area I want to get into a little bit is worship attendance. There was a time when we Baptists, every time the doors opened, we were always there. When I was a kid, I decided I'd become a Catholic. I wanted to become a Catholic because I could go to church on Saturday. I believe after 6 o'clock. And it would count, and I didn't have to go to church on Sunday. I could play or do whatever, but that didn't work with my parents. There was a rule in our household, like it or not, Sunday morning, Sunday night, every time the church doors were open where we were members, we were always there. Now, you know, I could pat myself on the back and say, well, the time, and, and I'll talk about Brother Mike just for a moment. You know, he does such a good job on Sunday morning that a lot of us don't come back on Sunday night. Isn't that right? Isn't that why we don't come back? We got enough Sunday morning. We don't have to come again, right? I didn't hear an amen out there. Now, Rip, you've done gone to meddling. Research tells us that today, 85% of our neighbors don't attend church. Many of those people are church members. Many claim to be Christian. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And Hebrews 10, 25 says, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, which the habit 
or in our new translation, the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, we need to be faithful. You know, it's not important what I think or what you think, really. What does God expect of me and of you? In the area of Bible study, in the area of worship attendance. Dr. Jeremiah this morning said, and I really like what he said. Anybody hear him, by the way, this morning? Anyone? He was talking about when he was courting back in college days. He and his fiancée wrote letters every day to each other, and he really looked forward to getting those letters. And he still had them. He said, oh, don't worry, you're not going to get to read them. That's what he told his congregation. He said, they were love letters to me, and I didn't really care, and I didn't notice whether my wife used proper grammar or not. But I wanted to sense the love that was in those letters. Dr. Jeremiah went on to say that this book is a love letter to us from God. It tells us how to live. It tells us what we should be and do. And we need to pay more attention to the book today, more than we ever have. What about your attendance? Are you as faithful as you ought to be? I know sometimes we have to work on Sundays, and I understand that. Our job demands that. That's different. There was a time when businesses were closed on Sundays. But in order to put food on the table, if you have to do that, that's understandable. But a lot of times we make excuses about worship attendance. Family's coming. So we stay home from church because we've got to prepare everything, see? We used to go to Granny's house. And guess what? It didn't make any difference how many people she was going to have on Sunday. In church, she was, on Sunday, she was in Sunday school and church. She never missed if she was able to to walk to church. She said, I'll fix lunch when I get back. She didn't miss worshiping God when she had the opportunity. The third area I want to ask you about is sharing our faith. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20 Go ye therefore and teach all nations, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I'll be with you always. God expects us to go. God expects us to share our faith. And let me quickly say this. Haley, where are you? I see her now. Yes, we've given some money to Lottie. But that's really not as important is our heart right with God in this matter of sharing our faith. 
Yes, we can share it by giving. But even more so, we need to share it by telling. Isn't that right? We need to tell others about Jesus. We need to be constantly. I see Bobby back there. I'm going to pick on him again in just a moment. He gives tracts many times to those who wait on him. I enjoy sharing my faith with all type of people as they come around. Pest control people. They come and check the Senecon stations. They do this or crawl under the house as they do and all that. And I ask them about their faith and about their worship attendance and where do they go to church. I encourage them. I've only had one person in all of my years of doing that get upset with me because I mentioned God. Only one person. But that's okay. Folks, we need to take the book seriously. It was written as a personal thing for us. And we need to take it personally. And we need to share our faith as we ought. The fourth area is giving, tithing. Malachi 3.8 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and in offerings? See, I can say things that might not be, might not be able to say and get away with it because I'm not the preacher. You can't run me off. Okay? In the Old Testament, they were very careful to give a tenth. They brought their offering and laid it on the altar. The widow came and she dropped in her widow's might all that she had. The tithe, the scripture says, belongs to God. Where should I tithe go? I was taught as a child that my tithe belonged to the church where my membership was. Oh, I can designate to other things, and I do. I designate a little bit to Lottie Moon, but I don't consider that my tithe. Folks, we need to be careful where we give our tithe. It's so easy today to hold back. Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament. The church had all things in common, and y'all know the story well. And the people's needs were being met out of the congregation, so to speak. This person was doing, selling this, and this person was selling that, and they brought all that money and gave it. And Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their property. But they kept back a large portion. And what happened to them? They died. They died. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He always has been. You know, I, I've searched for a lot of things in Scripture. I've searched for retirement. You know, when we retire, we can just quit. I hadn't found that. I've searched for when we retire, we can cut back on what we give to church. Or if I don't believe in what's going on, I don't have to do it anymore. The tithe belongs to God and to his church. It's our responsibility as the church to be unified and to work together for the cause of Christ. Lastly, the Bible says that you and I need to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Pray without ceasing. It means to be constantly in an attitude, a prayerful attitude. It doesn't mean we go around all the time with our eyes closed. And by the way, I used to think that was the only way you could pray. You had to fold your hands like this and pray. Close those eyes, too. But I've discovered that I can talk with God with my eyes open, and that's okay. I can talk with God driving down the highway. I can talk with God flying on an airplane. And, oh, listen, I really caught up on a lot of my praying when I was in service. Not only in flying, but in landing on a carrier. Not only then, but I prayed, Lord, if I can just get off this ship in real rough weather, maybe I can go to shore duty where it won't be so rough. I've seen men thrown out of their bunks. The weather be so rough out there. Interesting. Pray. Prayer is communicating with God. Prayer is, if it's communication, it means two people or more, right? One person can't have communication in a vacuum. God's omnipresent, so if we pray to God, we need to stop and we need to listen and His Holy Spirit will speak to us. We need to care about what God wants and what God says and what God thinks what God expects of me and what God expects of you. So I want to encourage you in five areas today. I want to encourage you, first of all, in, in your Bible study. As we go into 2020, it'll be great. I want to challenge you, too. And this is my challenge. And if it doesn't work, I want you to say on the way out in 2020, out of church, Rip, I've tried it, and that doesn't work. I want you to study your Bible every day prayerfully and carefully. I want you to read it. I want you to pray and ask God to teach you his truth. Apply it to your life and see if your life isn't better. And hey, if it doesn't work for you, you let me know. And I won't say any more to you. I've challenged other people, and I've never had a person come to me and say, well, Rip, it doesn't work. It does work. 
I've tried it. It does work, so I want to encourage you to study your Bible. I want to encourage you to be faithful in your church attendance. And not just on Sunday morning. I'm not that good a preacher. and I hate to say it, neither is Mike. Neither is David Jeremiah or Dr. Stanley. Neither is my Sunday school teacher. We got to come back and get a little more. Okay? We all need to do that and understand that. I know that some of you can't drive at night. That's different. I know that some of you physically have some problems and it's impossible for you to come. And that's, that's different. But unless we're providentially hindered in some way, shouldn't we be in God's house? And then sharing our faith. Haley has challenged us to give. And that's good. You're to be commended for all we've given. But we all need to share our faith. You say, well, I've never done that. Just tell your neighbor what Christ has done for you. Learn the Roman road. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then quote John 3.16 to them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So we need to be sharing our faith. I picked up my offering envelopes, and by the way, they're in the lobby. You can pick up yours on the way out. If you're a young Christian and you're unable to tithe, I think it's more important for you to pay your debt. But you need to have a plan. You need to work out a system so that you can work toward soon being able to give to God what we owe Him. Ah, listen. God's promised to open the windows of heaven and showers with blessings. And I look at many of you that I know quite well, and God's blessed you immensely, hasn't he? I know he has, Ann and I. God has blessed us so many ways. In our giving, we need to do better. We need to make certain we at least give our tithe. I have a friend. He's also a tax client. He came to me two or three years ago. I noticed his giving was going up a good bit. And he said, you know, my wife and I got to praying about this, and we're feeling led to give 20% to church. And that's what they're doing today. 20% of their income is going to their church. Now, the tithe is only 10, but in the New Testament, it says something like this. Give as God has prospered us. Wow. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. One person in here, I won't say who, said he had three storage buildings full of junk. And I said, well, maybe Jimmy and I need to come over and 
help get rid of some of that junk. Folks, sometimes we spend too much stuff on junk. Now, let me step on ladies just a little bit. You know, y'all like purses and you like all this other stuff. All this makeup. Now I'm going to really get in trouble. Maze Jackson said many years ago, now listen to me, lady. I didn't say this, but Maze Jackson did. He said, a little paint helps any old barn, but too much doth make it gaudy. Can I get away with saying that? I didn't get an amen from anybody. You men are all cowards. There are five areas that I believe we need to take a long, serious look at, take stock, and then we need to tweak them just a little bit. We live in a time of technology, right? No fair talking, whispering on the side over here. <laughs> but we have to tweak things. Sometimes our computer kind of gets a few little glitches, right? And we have to change some things because when you upgrade, things happen to it. We need to tweak our lives. We need to look carefully. And we need to let God's Holy Spirit lead us and guide us. Tonight I'll be preaching on repentance. The scripture I read to you this morning talked about sin in our lives. A word that we don't like to have in our vocabulary anymore. But if we're not right in our Bible study, in our worship attendance, in our sharing of our faith, in our tithing and praying, I believe God considers that S-I-N, sin. Come tonight and hear the message on repentance, a doctrine that we gloss over so often. I don't believe we totally understand what repentance is. It's more than just saying, Lord, forgive me. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. There's so much more. Look at your life. You may not be guilty of any but you may be guilty of several of these I know I am from time to time I'll be honest with you I think we all are why because we live in a culture today that's becoming more corrupt all the time the wrong things have become acceptable. God's no longer important. The church is no longer relevant. I'm too busy. I could go on and on with the excuses that I hear. But I'll listen. The main thing is, what does God expect of me and of you? Shall we pray? Our Father in God, we thank you, Lord, for this 